Welcome to This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Now is your chance to get caught up in all that's happening in technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now here's your host, Gene Destro. This week, another major data breach, this one involving federal government agencies, one of the nation's premier cybersecurity providers, and major companies all over the world. The FBI and the Homeland Security Department have been asked to investigate a computer hack on several U.S. government agencies that created what's being described as an unacceptable risk. CBS News senior investigative correspondent Catherine Herridge looks at the top suspect in a spying campaign that went on for months. The hacks into the Commerce and Treasury Departments are believed to be led by the Russian government, and they appear to be related to a recently disclosed hack on prominent U.S. cybersecurity firm FireEye. FireEye said Sunday it believed hackers were able to gain access to numerous public and private organizations around the world by slipping malware into software developed by SolarWinds, an IT management company. SolarWinds products are used by hundreds of thousands of organizations worldwide, including the military, the CDC, major telecommunications companies, as well as Viacom CBS. In a statement, the company's CEO said it is cooperating with the FBI, the intelligence community, and law enforcement. In response, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, issued an emergency directive calling on all federal and civilian agencies to review their networks for indicators of compromise and disconnect or power down SolarWinds Orion products immediately. Speaking of CISA, remember, it was just a couple of weeks ago that the president fired the head of that agency, Chris Krebs, because he maintained that the election systems nationwide were secure, and he refused to go along with President Trump's claims that there was widespread voter fraud. There was no indication or evidence that there was any sort of hacking or compromise of election systems on, before, or after November 3rd. Now, CISA has an acting director, Brandon Wales, and he's the one that put out the directive, urging all their partners in both the public and private sectors to assess their exposure to this compromise and to secure their networks. So far, all major news outlets reporting on this hack, including CBS, The New York Times, and The Washington Post, cite unnamed government sources and say it was APT29, also known as Cozy Bear, a hacking group believed to be part of the Russian Federal Security Service, or FSB, that did it. But when we talked to CBS law enforcement and security analyst Paul Violas, he said he suspected it was the Chinese. To say that this is an in-state Russian hack, I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm saying it would be more consistent with what the Chinese do and the North Koreans and the Iranians than it would be the Russians at this point. I see. But it's not just government agencies that they hacked. The report was that they hacked FireEye last week and FireEye has clients well, all over the world in transportation and right. banking and credit reporting agencies, the world's largest physics lab, stuff like that. Right. Now, to, to, to go after FireEye is like to go after a government agency. I mean, they're, they're an exceptional organization. They have an incredible reach and, and they have you know a direct relationship to some of the most powerful entities in the world. So to go after them, you might as well be going after a government agency. It's, it's along the same kind of business model. We need to look at the totality of this risk. We need to look at the fact that this clearly should not have happened. You know, if we were really doing what we need to do on the front end and preemptively identifying these types of risks, 
it shouldn't be happening with the frequency that it is happening with. What was of concern to me is that CISA issued a directive saying people need to shore up their defenses. They're advising everybody to disconnect from anything connected to the solar winds software. Right. And it was just last week that we got a new director of CISA, and now they're called into play. Right. The backdoor that they came in on the software, again, is something that should be preemptively mitigated. And the other part about this, too, is what I think you're going to find out is that this is a human asset issue. This was compromised from inside, and it's going to take a much deeper internal investigation to ascertain what the point of origin was, who it was, and what their connection is to an outside source. I think as you peel this onion back, it's going to stink a whole lot more, and it's probably going to come down to the manner in which that we're vetting people and the access that we're giving people that are being properly vetted. Okay. Now, that's an interesting take on it because, as it had been reported, is that this was a vulnerability in the SolarWinds software originating from some updates that they made between like March and June of last year. And, you know, software vulnerabilities happen all over the place and they aren't necessarily something that there was an insider making it happen. Not necessarily, but in this type of case, it would certainly stand to reason. And specifically also as it comes down to the fact that it's been reported this is a backdoor issue. Backdoor meaning sort of like that trap door that different engineers or even black hatters would use in order to get back in, you know, unbeknownst to the owner. So uh, as, as I look at that, and I understand what you're saying, and it, that makes sense, but based on my experience, I would say the totality of this is that it's, it's come inside and we need to really start doing a much better job at preemptively mitigating risks like this. Okay, so it was commerce in the Treasury that got hacked. I mean, does that mean that somebody's going to, like, steal all the money out of the Treasury? No, no, they're not going to steal it, but they get information. They get communications between... You know, proprietary communications between major sources and planning issues and, and a variety of different things. It's a treasure trove of information when you start, especially when you get in the treasury, because major decisions are being made and communications are being made that affect the world commerce. And who wouldn't want to peek under the tent on that information? Given that's the case, what do we do about it? It's to conduct a very holistic vulnerability assessment on the entire infrastructure at each and every agency and to really start to self-examine, expeditiously self-examine where their vulnerability points are from a human standpoint and a technological standpoint. And, And only then will they be able to garner the type of plan that needs to be implemented moving forward. But that's going to have to be So whether or not, as Paul Violas believes, there was an actual person who was an insider that provided the key to cracking the security protocols that protected the more than 18,000 clients around the world who were compromised in the FireEye SolarWinds hack, it was most definitely an insider attack in the sense that custom hacking tools used by cyber defenders were used. Now, to find out how all that worked, we talked to Tyler Hudak, who is an incident response lead at Northeast Ohio-based TrustedSec, which also provides information security services and serves similar types of clients all over the world. We asked him to explain what, quote, red team tools are. A red team is a information security team that performs penetration testing. Essentially, what it boils down to is their whole goal is to try to hack into systems. They use various tools in order to do this. Uh, some of these tools are publicly available. There are a lot of tools uh, or programs that anybody can download to, to do this. 
some of these other tools are custom developed tools uh, or programs that FireEye has developed on their own in order to make their team's jobs a little bit easier and so that they're more undetectable by the client when they're trying to break into the client system. Let me interject here. Why does a company who is being paid to protect customers have tools that allow them to hack into those customers' systems. What do they use those for? The clients will hire them to try to break into their system. The reason this is done, and this is commonly done across all industries, is that if the good guys can break into your systems, then the bad guys can definitely break into your system. So the whole point of doing a penetration test is to see where your vulnerabilities lie so you know what to fix. So the red teams or, or the offensive teams that are trying to hack into your systems, the, the good guys, you know, they're looking for all those holes that the attackers are going to use. So once you know about those holes, you can then fix those holes, and then it's much more difficult for the attackers to get into your system. What happens when the real bad guys actually get a hold of the good guys' tools that are literally designed to be undetectable? How can now FireEye or other companies such as yours protect against that kind of attack? There are a couple of, I guess, good sides to this, if there are any good sides. The first is that most of the offensive tools, uh, according to FireEye, that the attacker gained access to are already publicly available or just modified versions of publicly available tools. Additionally, for those that were not publicly available, FireEye has released uh, ways that those tools can be detected. They've released signatures for a number of different security tools so that uh, organizations can then look for that activity on their network. Finally, one of the big concerns that everybody always has and this was a big concern a couple of years ago when the NSA was hacked and their tools were released, was were there any zero days uh, in the tools taken by the attackers? Now, zero days are uh, exploits for vulnerabilities that are unknown and have not been patched. So in other words, th- these are vulnerabilities uh, that nobody can protect themselves against because nobody knew about them. According to FireEye, none of their tools exploited zero-day vulnerabilities. So in other words, any of the tools that the attacker took, we already either have patches or mitigation techniques in order to prevent those from working. And that's it for now. Many thanks to CBS law enforcement and security analyst Paul Violas and trusted SEC incident response lead Tyler Hudak. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5-1590-WAKR and WAKR.net.